do you each remember about the first time you saw the original Apes movie with Charlton Heston? And how did that experience impact your enthusiasm to come aboard the franchise? You guys go ahead. I don't know. These guys are all much older well, than me. I, I obviously wasn't alive. You weren't, you weren't born. You weren't, yeah. even, you weren't even a twinkle. Oh, <laughs> um, I uh, Well, I can't. I mean, really, you look... You look back, and you, I mean, I can't imagine the sort of childhood without Planet. You know, I was what, nine, ten when the first when the first one came out. So, um, you know, it's not only the opportunity to work with 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 these good people, um, but you're but you're also being asked to be part of cinema history. So it's uh, you know that was. That was above and beyond the story and, and and Matt and you know you're 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 being you're involved with something that, that for the best for the most part as of comes with a very good pedigree. I mean it went a little wobbly <laughs> for a while, but um, but we're back on track. And I said that here. That's right. We accept. That's a quote. We accept. I saw. Uh, the thing about Planet of the Apes was it really, for a long period of time, was my childhood. I mean, I was so obsessed after seeing that movie. And I don't know, as a kid seeing the movie, it's, it's an interesting thing that the first thing you want to do is actually become one of those apes. It's so fascinating. And I was so like interested in that John Chambers makeup and seeing um, seeing gorillas on horseback with guns. Like, what? That's a pretty powerful image. And I had the dolls. I had an eight millimeter reel of Beneath the Planet of the Apes, which I would watch until all the sprockets broke. I mean, I was obsessed. And the great thing about when I saw Rise, having been a lifelong fan, was that having always wanted to be an ape, when I saw that movie, I suddenly was an ape. And the reason was for a reason that I never would have suspected would ever be able to be done, which was that I had emotional identification with an ape. And that blew me away. I thought, oh my god, I, I can't believe that now I know what it is to feel that character's feelings. And in a way that actually the most human character in that story is Caesar and what Andy did. And I was so blown away by that. And I thought, wow, what's so exciting about Planet of the Apes is that, of course, the secret is, you know, we're all saying, oh, it's all about how the, how the animals become, you know, get in charge. Well, we are the animals. And so the idea of doing a story about how the animals can get in charge, well, since that's what we are, the story's about us. And what I thought was so exciting about getting to get into this world was to, to, to explore really, you know, it's a, it's a blockbuster, right? It's a big sort of giant effects movie and, and it's a summer movie, but it's a very unique one in that it's about our nature. And, and to explore that from both sides and to extend the story and everything that they did in Rise was such an exciting thing for me. And that, that's, that's really why I wanted to do it. Let's move on to Jay. Yeah, and my question is for Andy. Uh, with your first performance as Caesar, you received such a great groundswell of support and just recognition from the fans about the wonderful performance you gave leading to this campaign, you know, to get you nominations for various award shows. What was that like for you? And uh, just do you have any expectations moving forward that maybe that recognition will continue to grow for what you and others do? In, uh, I mean, I have to say, I've, I've sort of unwittingly become a, spoke, a spokesperson for, for a, a sort of perceived discrimination between actors who act in motion capture suits or, or in, in costumes with makeup. And, and, and it's not a position I, I 
I've just sort of ended up in, a, in this rather weird position, and, and I shouldn't be, because in actual fact, performance capture is just a, is a technology, it's another bunch of cameras filming an actor's performance. And, and I think really that the, the most important thing is that the perception is that that, is, need, that needs to be understood. So regardless of any awards or, 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 or accolades, it's, it's really an understanding not just from within our own acting community, but, but also with, you know, within the filmmaking community at large. And then, you know, actually, the, most people, the people who know most about it are, are, are the audience. They seem, to, they seem to be so aware. And the younger generation of actors and or younger generation of people who've grown up with knowing how to be, you know, who become avatars through video game, they have no problem understanding you can become something else, you know, sitting at home doing that. Um, so, so, so I really, really don't, um, uh, you know, I, I, I would say I've never distinguished between, you know, when I've played lots of different roles, whether they be live action or performance capture, and Gary's done the same, you know, we, you, don't pl you don't alter your performance because you're using a different camera to film you. Um, that's, that's, I suppose, what... That's what I feel. What do you think, No, you put it very well. I mean, um, the question is the, the question that's often asked is, what is it? What's it like working with Andy Serkis as the as the as the eighth? And you're you're better to answer that because you have all the big the big scenes with them. But it's I come to work and I get into a costume and. And Andy comes to work and gets into a costume, and so it's, you know, at least you can see his face, and you can see the eyes, and you see the emotion. I would actually rather that than, than you, uh, if you were wearing a mask, then the question might be, well, what's it like working with someone who's behind a mask? But you're not. You're like, you know, yeah. I mean, but you did the, but you, I mean, you're the, no, I. Yeah, you. It's it's Andy. It's you know that's what the great thing is. It's not anything other than a really talented actor. And you know, I'm seeing Andy's eyes and hearing his voice and hearing him talk about his family and that's it's the exact same as any other scene. And it's not. And also in, in this film, there's brilliant performances across the board from a load of talented actors playing apes as well. It's and it's, it is an ensemble piece and on the human side as well. So it's. So it's, you know, I, I don't see... I mean, it's interesting going back to the, the question about the original Planet of the Apes, and, and there are all those sort of apocryphal stories of, well, the orangutan sat at one table and the chimpanzee sat at another table at dinner time, you know, and nobody ever talked to each other. And, and uh, you know, you, we, certainly don't, we certainly don't have that situation, you know. The, the, the actors are the, are, the, are the actors. But that's where I drew the line. <laughs> <laughs> they would never eat together. Was really, that was weird. That was clear. That was very clear with you. Lunchtime. Yeah. No. No animals. The, the thing about it was, for me, was I'd never done motion capture, and my my main interest, really, in, in being a director, I mean, I love telling stories, but the thing that's the most important to me is that world with the actors, and getting to work with these people was such an incredible experience, and I thank you for that. But the thing about it that I was worried about was, because I didn't know, other than seeing Andy's work as it had been translated already, I knew that those performances were captivating, and I knew that I had been deeply affected by Caesar, but I didn't, I, I was like, I guess, I, I guess even I didn't quite understand it. And so I said, you know, I said, it's amazing what they're doing, but I really, I need to understand it more. So at the beginning, actually, what I did was I said, I want to see every shot that Andy did as Andy, and then I want you to show me Caesar. And what blew me away about it was that Andy was better than Caesar. And I was so emotionally affected by what he did, and I was saying to Weta, wow, 
it's amazing that you're able to translate as much as what he did, and I would love in this film if we could translate even more, because it's just, at the end of the day, it was such a relief. I thought, oh, so the way it works is, you work with a brilliant actor, and that has, that's really, there is, that's the secret of mocap, which it really shouldn't be a secret, it's just, you're capturing motion. The genius of what, what Weta does is faithfully turning that into something. Now what's crazy is that Caesar's anatomy is not Andy's anatomy. So how are they doing that? And it's all about, now I found out after spending all of this time with them, <laughs> what details they're trying to take from Andy's face and how his mouth is a different shape. It's very weird. Sometimes I go, well, Andy didn't do that. You go, well, Andy's not an ape. So <laughs> it's a very interesting process, but at the end of the day, the heart of the story and the heart of everything we're doing all comes down to these guys. And it all comes down to performances that have the kind of emotional authenticity that you can get working with great actors, and that's what Andy is, that's what Carrie is, that's what Carrie is. So, to me, it's a, as a director, there's no greater pleasure than being able to just basically sit back and watch them. Fabian, uh, next question. Yes, I have a question for Andy. Do you realize that your acting is also a challenge in other countries? When they dub your voice, <laughs> have you seen? Uh, oh, have I seen it dubbed? Have I seen? Uh, yeah, I mean, fortunately, that's not hasn't. Well, it wasn't a problem with Caesar in the first movie, but I'm saying no, no, and home. Um, but um, but yes, no. I, I actually met. I actually met um, the, uh, <laughs> the the when I was doing Lord of the Rings. I actually met the uh, the, the the guy who from Japan who played Go wow. Gollum and Smeagol. And we, we both did it for each other, and it was no amazing. Way. Actually, I mean, I, I, without you know sounding like I'm racially stereotyping, you know, his his golden smeagol was you know, it was fantastic, and I was like, God, that's in, that's incredible. Yeah. Of course, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, but the thing is, we all we've all had our performances dubbed into other languages. That, that's 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 what happens. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was a, the thing is, it, it was a dream and it was terrifying because what, what essentially happened on the project was that there were, I, I had a, a great affinity for Rise, I thought it was really moving and I was like, when they approached me about it, I thought, why Rupert Wyatt has done such a beautiful job with this film and it turned out that for a number of reasons that he didn't want to do what they wanted to do, he also didn't think the schedule was enough and all this stuff, which now having done it, I can tell you, he's right, the schedule was not enough. Um, <laughs> But the, the idea was, I said, well, you know, what I'd be interested in is carrying forward really what was established in Rise, which is the emotional heart of those apes and how that turns into, look, we all know that it doesn't become planet of the humans and the apes. So it seemed to me that this was a moment where you could actually explore that question, the coexistence between these two populations that were struggling for survival. And the thing that was really important to me was that we carry forward the apes in an emotional way that you could relate to, and that we take the humans, and, and even in a way that was really different from Rise, take those humans and depict them in a way where they weren't villains either. There are no villains in our story. It's all about survival and trying to find a way to, to sort of master our nature and the impulses within us. And so 
the, I, I went in, I sort of pitched that, and they were like, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, so what's the catch? And they said, the catch is you need to start shooting very soon. So um, that was the crazy thing about it, was just that I had to jump in and seize the opportunity, but they were giving me the opportunity to make the movie that I thought would be so exciting to be a part of, and to get to dive into this world was something I couldn't resist. So. There were a million things I'd never done before. The idea of doing motion capture and the idea of doing effects on this level, and yet the big sort of relief of it all was that it, at its center it was exactly the same as making any movie, except after you've done that, then you have to do a number of really strange things, like shoot the scene again, which Carrie can tell you without the actors or Gary so tell you. It's like suddenly it's like, hey, we just did something great. Yeah, now you guys got to go back in there and do it again, and this time they won't be there. Just and imagine all of those there. things were added complexities that were challenging, but that was part of the thrill of it. It was really like just jumping out of an airplane and saying, I'm doing this, I'm just gonna do this. And I, I gotta tell you, I would never jump out of an airplane, but I, I was happy to jump into this. Yes, uh, you said it will lead up to that uh, big thing. So I read that you have uh, uh, agreed to you know, work on a belt for the next one. Right now. How would you expand it further uh, and build upon Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Well, I mean, the thing about it is, is that I think that there's a particular luxury with getting involved with the story, which is we already know the ending. So the story immediately isn't about the what happens. It's about the how it happens. And I had a screenwriting instructor who I loved many years ago who talked to me about stories. And he said, you know, they're the kind of the stories that are about the what, and then there are the stories that are about the why. If you already know what happened, then it becomes about the why, and the why is about psychology and about character. And that is what I find interesting. So to me, the idea was, and it was actually the thing why I was saying, you know, when I got involved, they had actually jumped farther down the line, closer to Planet of the Apes than I ever wanted to. And I, and I thought I was not going to do this movie. I thought, oh, that's what you guys want to do. Because I think you should start earlier. Because there's a long and interesting path that's all about the lives of these people and how they're affected in the situation. And the idea would be that the next phase of this story would be how those lives continue in this struggle. It's an ongoing struggle, the way that our lives are every day. Thank you. Okay, Jeffrey, Sadly, we all know the ending. Uh, Gary. Uh, the colony you leave in this movie, is this like the last vestige of the human civilization as sort of humanity at the top of the food chain as these damn dirty apes are taking over with their paws and stuff? Well, initially we don't know that there are apes there because this community has, has survived the uh, has survived the, 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 the flu, the, the, the epidemic, which is which is sort of wiped out a huge part of the a part of the world. Um, uh, we believe that the, that the military have, have done their job, and uh, that that uh, I mean basically that they wiped out wiped out the apes. Um, so we are. This, I mean, the, the thing is, we have food, we have water, but the currency in the movie, I guess, if for want of a better word, is electricity. That's the that's the that's the the currency, and and we need that to communicate to the outside world to actually find out if there is anyone out there, or how many are out there, who is out there. Um, so uh, we. You know, and we, uh, so we believe, you know, for all intents and purposes, we could be the only, the only, I'm sorry, I'm, 
incredibly distracted <laughs> by the um, <laughs> by the cabaret. Um, uh, so we, yeah, we could be the only survivors. And then, of course, we discover, you know, cut to a community of apes who we're believe we're all right? yeah. we're all yeah. doing their doing their thing with their yeah. with their family and and think we've all been wiped out and uh, you know and then of course you know we dis we discover each other and they got a problem and then that's <laughs> and the drama is yeah I mean that's the, you know can these can the apes and can the humans coexist and for me the idea was that it's really a story of two families there's a human family and there's an ape family and that's what the colony is that's the human family and the difference is that the apes they're on the ascendancy. They're still, you know, the idea is we start in this ape world and we're following their development. It's like, oh my God, in ways it almost sort of mirrors our own sort of tribal development. And you see as language is coming into being and all of this stuff. And you're seeing all of the bonds that have been formed and the next generation that's coming, the civilization they're building, they're really on the way up. But the humans, the colony, they have just have the, the most massive sort of tragedy happen to them. And they are a family that's trying to heal itself. And so these two families have to find some way to survive, and the stakes are all about the things that they care about. And also, there's the question for the humans deeply about what it is that they've lost. The idea in this story for the humans is what it took even to still be here, and what was lost along the way, and what's worth fighting for at this point. And all of those questions, I think, are very emotional questions. It's one of the reasons why I was so excited to have these guys in that story, because of the emotional sort of depth of that was really important to me, so that this would not feel like we had sort of like straw man humans that you sometimes see in these movies, where it's like going, oh, let's see the apes destroy the humans. I can't wait. That's not what the story's about. And so that's really the struggle, is the struggle about what are these two families going to do to avoid killing each other? Um, how did filming in such a culturally uh, rich place like New Orleans impact the production? Um, I, th I mean, I think we all had an amazing time shooting. I, I, I love New Orleans, I'm, you know, and I know you, you, you know, we all had a great time. It's yeah. an extraordinary city to film in, and uh, it's so so above and beyond the. You know the difficulties of shooting in 100% humidity. You know which, which you know nobody wants to stand next to you. And I love, I love the smell of stale beer and vomit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Bourbon Street particularly. Yeah. That, that, that combined with us in our mocap suits. Yeah. Wearing flannel suits and like 100. You didn't want to be anywhere humidity. near us. Yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was, interesting smell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But my God, you know, what a great city! I, yeah. I'd go back there in a heartbeat. I mean, I mean the music scene was just phenomenal. Uh, as a, ja as a jazz rides. fanatic, bike rides, bike rides. brilliant. I mean, food, food, food. Right. amazing, food yeah. Yeah. stunning. Yeah. Nice people, yeah. Yeah. gorgeous people. Yeah. Yeah. Go back in a heartbeat. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Circus, the fan. Thank you. Thank you very much, Miss Russell, the family American. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.